702, your number one news and talk station. And once again, just thanks for all your contributions to the last hour. I've still got um, SMSs pouring in about various films that people love. Uh, we'll do that again, but yeah, it's nice to reminisce and look back on some of the movies and that, that, that meant, meant something to you back in the day and actors and actresses who uh, you thought were just brilliant. So we'll do that again. Thanks for that contribution. Brilliant. Okay, five past five. It is Saturday morning on the 16th of July. If you've just joined us, a very good morning to you. My name's Errol Ballantyne and and it is early morning breakfast. This is now the Health and Wellbeing Hour. And it's a warm welcome in studio to my guest for the next 55 minutes or thereabouts. And he is a psychologist by the name of Jeremy Bayer. Morning, Jeremy. Good morning, Harold. It's pitch dark outside, hey? Yes, and cold as well. <laughs> and cold as well. All right, so Jeremy Bayer is going to be with us talking about... A couple of psychological aspects. Uh, there's a whole list of things that we can talk about, but I want to start um, talking this morning about a, a, a scourge, I suppose you could call it, in, mm. in our schools, and that's bullying. Mm. Uh, we'll talk, move on from there if we can, about uh, gender-based violence and uh, maybe sexual harassment because they're all kind of interlinked, I think. Mm. Um, so we want to talk about, start off talking about bullying and starting to look at, at, at what is it, uh, why does it occur, if one can define it, there's not only bullying uh, from a physical point of view, mm. there's now cyber bullying as mm. well. Mm. And what is it and how do you know if your child's being bullied and all of those things? And what are the consequences? I think it's something that we we just haven't had enough information about. Mm. Um, I think that parents will very often say, oh, that's just rubbish. The child must just, you know, grow up or, or mm. be a man, mm. you know, don't cry. Um, but it's it's far deeper than that. So numbers to dial 011-883-0702 or 021-446-0567. Or you could SMS to 31702 or 31567. And if you want to ask Jeremy other questions that are of concern to you, of course, throw them in. If there's some things that are bothering you from a, a psychological point of view or that falls within the framework of what we're discussing uh, this morning, yes, please give us a shot. Okay, so bullying, what, mm. what is it? Just give us a mm. definition of what it is. All right, so to give you a basic definition of bullying, it's uh, an, an intentional exertion of, of will or power or control over someone else with the, with the motive of, of hurting, be it psychologically, verbally, um, physically, um, and not just hurting to, to ostracize, to alienate, um, or to oppress in a nutshell. Why would somebody do that? Why would a child do that? What is the kind of motivation behind it? And is it only children or does it apply to adults as well? No, it's certainly not only children. There's, uh, bullying happens obviously in primary schools and high schools. It also happens in the workplace. It happens at home. It happens in, in any context and at any age. So this isn't unique to one specific age. Okay, so let's start then at, at primary school level. What yeah. happens? Okay, so... In, in terms of in terms of why people bully, is that is that what you want? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So numerous reasons. Often, from a personal point of view, you also got to look at the, the bully's personal history. So it often happens. Maybe they they struggling academically, and they 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 and there's a lot of jealousy involved. So they they bully the the successful person to feel more superior. That's very common. Uh, another another factor could be that that child is growing up in a in a punitive environment at home or, or environment when there's not a lot of affection, so there's a lot of frustration. Or they or they're modelling the a parent's behaviour who's very aggressive. So perhaps there's uh, perhaps the father's hurting the mother or abusing the mother. So they model the father and then take it out on kids at school because oh, if my father can do it, why can't I? It's okay. Yes. Yeah, so there's a ripple effect. Um, things that in in, in organisations where. Or, or even schools where there's not a lot of leadership in the school or, or, or measures taken to stop bullying. So it becomes a bit of a free-for-all but, or a bit chaotic. Mm. There aren't immediate measures in place in these schools to stop it straight away. And so it becomes breeding grounds, a breeding ground for bullying. Um, others are where in, in general where there's a, a society where power and violence is – people are fascinated by that or we live in a, in a very unequal society. Mm. And therefore, as a result of that, it can be very easy to be influenced by that and therefore you bully in your own lives because you're being influenced on, in terms of what's happening in society. Those are mm. some of the factors. Now, 
if one you, you talk about a child coming from uh, a, a dysfunctional family sure. of parents <coughs> who are uh, conflicting with each other, um, mm. is it always the case that the mm. child will will come out of that environment uh, and and react the way that they do in mm. behaving or modelling what the parents do? Are there children or why are there children who will not do that? They will mm. see this conflict with the parents. Mm. They'll see that the one is having a power struggle over the other one, mm. but they will not take that into the school. What is different about those kids? Does it happen? Well, th- there's a two-way street. So on the one hand, it can be that the child models the, the parents' behavior in bullies. Conversely, the child withdraws. So, so they're so affected by what's going on that they start showing childhood depression symptoms. So social withdrawal, anxiety, um, perhaps poor academic performance, uh, concentration problems at school because they, they're so immersed in the anxiety in terms of what's going on at home. So it's a two-way street. Yes, there are kids who, who are very resilient and, and can come through it, but the point is, is that it's a risk factor, definite mm-hmm. risk factor. Even children who – remember, children don't talk as much about – about psychological issues, they showed more in behavior. Mm, mm. So you may see health complaints or may, may indicate health complaints. So mm. unexplained aches and pains like stomach cramps, uh, random headaches, uh, mm. neck tension, things like that. Uh, they just they want to be absent from school a lot or they perhaps moaning a little more or, 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 or tearfulness for no reason. So you'll see it in behavior with children, not as, not as much in terms of talking where you'll see adults perhaps verbalize it a bit more or, or, or talk about it more. Mm. Th- those are the warning signs where you see, and, and general loss of interest throughout the day. So you just don't see that enthusiastic, um, that, in, that enthusiastic child that you normally have, that mm. they're generally not as motivated and not as energetic. That's, where, that's a kind of a red flag. Now, this, this child you're talking about who is withdrawn mm-hmm. and maybe a bit teary mm. and, and doesn't want to participate in stuff, yeah. how is he seen by the bullier? Is he, mm. is he a, a, a prime victim? Mm. He's the guy who's going to get nailed. Unfortunately. So, so the, the bullying target is mm. perhaps physically maybe smaller, um, perhaps is alone a lot at school, um, perhaps looks sad and, 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 and keeps to themselves. So unfortunately to say that this is seen by the bully as a kind of a prime victim or, or because it's seen as a weaker target mm. and that's what the bully thrives on. This, this small person who's weak, who's alone, is not going to fight back at me. This is, I can, I can as I said earlier, exert my will. Mm. Yeah. Um, you, you said that schools don't have much in place in terms yeah. of, of um, destroying or, or controlling this thing. Mm. What, what is the situation? Well, like I said, it's a risk factor. It can be a breeding ground for bullying if they don't have the things in place. The, the situation at the moment is that bullying is a very big problem in schools. A lot of violence in schools at the moment, primary school and high school. Um, there's still a culture of, of kind of a survival of the fittest mentality. There's still a culture of if you don't stand up for yourself, then, then you're not man enough. So there's still a long way to go in terms of, in terms of that. In, there's just not a language for it, or it's just seen among boys that if you talk about it, you're weak. So they would rather just keep it in. So that example you gave at the top of the show is still very prevalent. Mm. Um, why it's not being... Enforced, I don't know, because for me, bullying is actually a human rights violation personally because it's your mm. right to education and your right to dignity. Mm. So to not enforce something is – imagine you're a child and you arrive at school and you've got a knot in your stomach or will it happen again today or I can't concentrate in class because I'm, I'm in, there's, a, there's an impending break time and I'm going to go to the field and someone's going to bully me. Imagine what that child is going through. Or I don't want to go to school in the first place. So exactly. I'll make up things. Yes. Sore stomach, sore throat, whatever. Exactly. And uh, so is it a problem? Absolutely it's a problem. And is it getting better? Not really. I'll be honest with you, not really. Is there enough awareness about it in, in schools or amongst, amongst the parents? Probably probably could be more awareness, a lot more yeah. work done to, to – and this is where dialogue needs to be done, whether it's in communities, in religious organizations, at the schools, where whatever the case may be, there has to be a dialogue um, because, because at the end of the day – it just doesn't didn't have a language in the early days. Mm. Now bullying has an actual language. Mm. We now know what this is. So is there being enough? And probably not at the moment. But there are organizations that are trying these things. I know an um, organization like the South African Depression and Anxiety Group. Great An NGO does work on, on bullying mm. um, and various others. And I know that schools do have a subject called life orientation where they, they teach about bullying. Mm. 
Nevertheless, it's still a very big problem. And those, those precursors that I gave in the beginning about violent society and growing up in punitive homes, and the, because those are so prevalent, those are then the precursors for then bullying at school. So now you're fighting the two things against each other. Mm-hmm. That's probably a reason why it's still so prevalent. Also, because of economic times, parents are very stressed. Children pick up on that stress or, or that type of thing. Remember also that, you know, a child who steals or a child who hurts is a distressed child. That is a child who's crying out for help, who's, who, who's, who's seeking some kind of um, love and protection. So when they're taken out on someone else's school, it means they, they're frustrated and angry. Now, let, let's just look at, at both those, the bullier and the, the, the so-called victim. Yeah. Um, what is the treatment for – how does one react to both of those sets of people? Now, the bullier is doing mm. that because in his environment, mm. it's okay. He sees mom – he sees dad doing it to mom mm. or the other way around. Uh, and, and as far as the victim is concerned, um, they are getting more and more withdrawn. Mm. Uh, they probably start to do maybe devious things to try and mm. stay away from mm. the, the situation. They should say, go out and break. I don't want to go to break. And they start to be a little bit devious. Is there help for both of those groups? Well, firstly, for the victim, there is definitely help. Obviously, psychological help, be it with a social worker or a psychologist. Um, so that's recommended. The moment those, those symptoms that I mentioned earlier about the depression and the anxiety, yes. the health complaints. So the moment you see that, that that's a symptom that things aren't right psychologically, is where, that's when I, you'd recommend someone. Um, and then what I'd also recommend is, is to empower the child to be put into some kind of group, whether it's like I say a, a community group or, or, or some kind of sports group or something, because when you're surrounded by friends or people that you know, it, that empowers that child because remember they, it's usually the bully latching on to the lonely victim. Yes. So you're empowering the child by putting them into a group, which is a very good idea, I would say. Um, and then just also for, for teachers and, and, um, and, the, and the principal to be very open to listening to the bully, to take it seriously, not just to say, oh, go fight off. So the, 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 the school hierarchy must be very receptive to what mm. the victim says. They mustn't fob it off. They must be very open to it. Mm. So those are some things for the victim. In terms of the bully as well, on similar lines, because remember, there's the name for, for behavior for the bullying, so things like vandalizing, hurting, um, even hurting animals, um, destroying property is called conduct disorder. There's a name for it. Now, this is the breeding grounds for, for being criminal later on in life. So that's going to be stamped out immediately. That's got to be stamped out immediately. There's a name for that. So, so putting it in, taking that child's time, putting them into community programs, therapy as well, because like I said earlier, a child who steals or a child who hurts is a distressed child. Mm. A child who bullies taking their frustrations out on others. They may seem like they have power in inverted commas, but they don't. Mm. So they need as much help as the victim. So like I said, therapy and counseling would be a very good idea. Um, and giving that child some kind of responsibility. So that child is as much in need of, of, of a lift in self-esteem as well. They're just masking it through the, the, the bullying of others. So it seems like high self-esteem, but it's not. So kids, those would be some examples. Kids are cruel, though, aren't yeah. they? Um, okay. and, and they will... They will Take sides very quickly. Mm. You know, peer pressure yeah. is very big in school, isn't yeah. it? Re- in fact, peer pressure, you the psychologist, you would know, yeah. is more important often yeah. than, than a parental mm. uh, pressure. Mm. So it's important to be seen as part of mm. the gang at school. You mm. want to be – I mean, I can remember in school days – it was a long time ago now. It was around about when Moses had his bar mitzvah. So, but I mean, even, but even in those days, I can remember people coming to, we had a, we had a kind of a, not a gang really, but we had people, kids who'd come up and say, please, can we join your gang? Well, we were, we were kind of the main mother, you know, in our, mm-hmm. in our, in our class yeah. uh, in high school. Yeah. But, but the, the important thing for the children, for the, for the pupils was mm. to be seen to be part of a power group, yeah. part of, part of the leading group. So um, what I'm leading up to is to say the poor child who's at the bottom of the uh, – who's at the receiving end of all the bullying, he doesn't get support because who would associate with a loser mm-hmm. when you've got all this peer pressure that says, be the man? Yeah. And that – and going back to those early – where you said one of the reasons why people bully is because the it's often seen socially where the, the, the bullying is then celebrated. Oh, look how powerful I mean, – he's the, he's the man to follow – 
because you know he's to, in order to be cool i've got to follow him absolutely yes. and in high school peer pressure becomes more important as opposed to when you're six and seven where your relationship with your parents is more important as yes. you get older it's peer, absolutely right yes. so it's celebrated which, which is which is definitely a big problem and the, and the other thing is is that when the bullying is bullying and the bystanders say say nothing that empowers the bully mm. because it's not just about what the bully does it's he usually has like a two IC who who eggs him on. Oh yes. And then he has yes. the bystanders who just yes. stand there. Yes. And when you don't say anything, you as much a bully because you know it's not just about the act, but it's Silent about concept. not saying mm. saying anything as well. Mm. So that is a, oh, again a massive problem. So like in in the home, like in school, if if a group of people stand up together and say we're against this, then you drown out the perpetrator. And that's where the leadership in the school is so important because what culture are you developing in the school? What kind of culture are you developing? Or whether it's in the workplace, what kind of culture are you developing in terms of the way people treat each other, the, the general team cohesion, uh, communication styles, etc. those kind of things. What, what, what atmosphere is it? You got, even, in, even in a country, what kind of culture do we have in a country? Is it a culture of power and violence or is it a culture of togetherness and working together? And that, that you'll then see on a micro level in schools, for example, or in the, in the home. It's often symbolic of, of the general picture of the country. Mm. All go hand in hand. Mm. What does one do uh, as far as the parents of mm. uh, a bullier is is concerned. Yeah. You go to the parents and yeah. you say the principal goes to the parents and says, "Well, we've got an issue here because uh, your son mm. has been seen to be beating up." But is the reaction of the parents? My my son would never do that. <laughs> yeah. Am I right? Well, and this is a, often stories I've had is where the bully and the victim will be in a room together in the principal's office and then it's the victim's word versus the bully's word. So now they don't come to a solution because no one's recorded it, there's no evidence, so it's your word versus mine. And often the parents do do that. No, this would never happen. My child, he's, he's a well-behaved kid, he's good in good marks, what are you talking about? Absolutely right. Um, so that, that, that is difficult because it's your word versus mine, so that often yeah. does happen. Yeah. The best thing... The best thing I'd say is for the for the child to say, "This is the impact he's had on me." Every mm. day I come in, this is what this is the impact he's had on me physically, and mention all those symptoms. Mm. Um, it's the best best you can do, but mm. uh, it, it is difficult because if nothing's recorded, then it becomes denial, yeah. and the, the bully yeah. starts denying it. So it, it is hard. Yeah, let's go to um, some of these SMSs. By the way, if you want to join the conversation, please do at any time. Uh, you can call oh one one double eight three oh seven oh two or oh two one four four six oh five six seven. Or you could SMS on 31702 or 31567. We're talking in studio with our guest for the Health and Wellbeing Hour this morning, Jeremy Bayer. And we're talking about bullying. Some SMSs that have come through, and I'll, I'll read these now. Uh, morning, Errol, and your guest. I was subjected to bullying as a child by my siblings. Dysfunctional home. I used to wet the bed, and they would put in the corner all night in the cold. Uh, it resulted in me feeling fearful and depressed most of our life. I'm 50 now. Mm. It was a long, difficult road to recover. Although I failed uh, marriage um, uh, and, and struggled a lot with self-confidence. That mm. is from Anna in Rudaport. Mm. Gosh, so mm. here's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Here's a case where as a child <clears throat> uh, she was bullied, but not by her classmates, by her siblings. Mm. She's now 50 and she's still feeling the effects of that with a failed marriage Yeah, well, and, and low self-esteem and low self-confidence. important thing to remember, Errol, is that the home is not just a pile of bricks. The home is a concept. So often what happens is, and this happens in, in poorer communities or even not poorer communities, is that... When you're either being neglected at home or being victimized at home, you then seek love somewhere else. And in pure communities, what happens is you go find it somewhere in the streets and then someone lures you in who's perhaps not very trustful. And that's where, and those are the breeding grounds for crime because you then perhaps get lured into a gang. Now, I'm not saying that's the case with the caller, but the point mm. is that what I'm saying is that when there is an unstable home, you see, the child may want to seek love somewhere else. The, the home is a concept. How, how safe does your child feel in your home, and it, and it and it and it's that early stability, that searching for love, which they're not getting. So there was one, even with the bully that I when I said, what are the, some of the precursors for bullying? Mm. Growing up in a punitive household, where there's not much love in the house, 
So this call is that other way, where withdrawn and not and 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 being very affected about it. The other way is growing up in that punitive house. So it can go both ways. Mm. So that's one example talking about growing up in that, like I said, punitive household. Well, she she says uh, she says a long, difficult road to recovery. Yeah, uh, struggled a lot with self confidence. I'm not mm. surprised. And mm. these these kind of things are burned into your brain as yeah. a three year old, four year old, five year old, aren't they? Y- y- where that's that's you. That's how you are. Um, your 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 brothers or your sisters say mm. this about you. That means that's what you are. Yeah, and yeah, and and your early relationships with your your family, whether it's siblings or mother and father, is your first frame of reference for how you deal with people yeah. in the world. Yeah. They're your first frame of reference. So it it impacts your confidence. It impacts the way you you you. Go into the world. It's if, if you, in other words, if you don't feel safe at home, how are you going to feel safe when you go to school right. into the workplace? That's your first frame of reference. Let's go to the lines. Uh, talk to Mario in Swanee. Hello, Mario. I sorry to phone in again, Errol, but I've got a good question to never ask. Be, never um, be sorry about anything, Mario. <laughs> um, doctor, I'd like to ask you, and, and I don't want to talk about uh, uh, the massive influence that media and Hollywood and, and, and all this stuff has on people's lifestyles and the, the way of thinking and what's normal and what's not normal. I want to talk about the deeper issue of uh, that goes down to religion and all those type of things of where, for instance, it seems the psychology of today don't recognize the state of mind that comes about, say, uh, when you're in mass hysteria or you're meditating or you're praying or you're sitting there daydreaming or the light shining in your eye or you're busy daydreaming where you're subconscious, your subconscious, Either cross over like between dreaming, a state of sleep, and a state of wakefulness, where you sometimes uh, find that um, it's a state that you can bring on uh, purposely with psychedelic drugs, in which the Egyptians have done, in which uh, the Bible talks about the writing on the wall, all this stuff, where your subconscious projects the thoughts based on memories. Like, for instance, the Irish would see little fairies and things in those states. So, based on those memories, you would see those things or wherever you stay in what country and what you've grown up with. And then these things go into, it doesn't actually visualize on the wall. It actually, your subconscious projected and it links onto the conscious receptor of your optical nerve somehow. And, and, it, and it projects as if it is happening out there and you really see this little fairy dancing in the sunlight. Meantime, it's only in that state of mind where the two cross over, like in psychedelic drugs, you, you, you easily, like, Things you see in something out the corner of your eye, but you actually do see the thing, but it's not really a thing. It's in your mind. But that state influences so deeply that now this guy says he's seen God and this guy says he's seen Moses and this guy says he's seen... So now our whole thinking and our whole reality of our whole society is so changed by this thing, the state of mind that comes about, but we don't recognize it, you know, but... All right, thank you very much uh, for that call, Murray. Yes, uh, what what Murray is talking about is is people who, the last part of what what he was saying, uh, where people see God and they see all these things. It's it's, when it's in the mind, and and, but they it it manifests in 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 quotations and and statements by them. Yes, they were taken up to heaven, and now they've come back. I mean, what is is it? Somebody who is crying out for something, or is it the fact that that is actually what they believe, and there's no uh, argument? against it sure it's a tough question um look i'm obviously not going to comment on religion um or make any basis because um whether it's christianity or judaism or muslim i'm I'm not not sure about that um all i'd say as a as a psychologist is how much does this how much of these whether it's their visions or, or things that you're seeing are they influencing you in a negative way are they um having a, a strongly negative impact on your functioning be it work functioning uh, relationships um, in other words was the call a, a cry for this is really actually getting on top of me or affecting me so I need to mm. actually do something about it I think that's the point mm. so why it's happening or how be it religion or otherwise I can't give that answer but how much is this impacting you mm. um, in other words is it a daily thing is it is it all all the time all day has it, is it, has it taken over your has life it taken, that's the crucial mm. answer that I would give so mm. my advice is if if, if if it's really affecting you, maybe see someone. Whether it's if it's a church pastor, so if that if that's the the kind of help you'd want to get, or whether it's a psychologist or something like that, if it's really affecting your day to day living. Okay. Um, then I've got an SMS from Pete that says, "Good morning. Do you know that cyberbullying cyberbullying has mm. led to suicide? Yes. Yeah. Uh, there's mm. been a fair amount of documentation about that. Yeah, absolutely. I've had clients who. Yeah, Karen. 
You know, I was going to say, tell us, can you define what cyberbullying is? Yeah, well, uh, with a similar motive to normal bullying, the, the intentional exertion of control or will over someone else, except it's in a cyberspace, so whether it's Facebook, Twitter, uh, Internet. So I'll give you an example. I think this would illustrate it best. I had a client once who, who said, I'm a victim of cyberbullying. So I said, what happened? And she said, someone put a picture of me on, on their Facebook account, and underneath she said, um, urging everybody to mock and tease this person. Um, she has transgressed in, in such and such a manner. And underneath it, there were like 20 comments below. So it was basically like public humiliation Ooh. in a cyberspace. So, so absolute public humiliation. And it is there for life. It's, there. I mean, it's, yeah. it's in cyberspace and it'll yeah. never go away. Well, the internet's written in ink, isn't it? Yeah. So it, it is. It's there for life. And now, that's like I said earlier, it's, it's, it's alienation or, ostracized, or ostracizing that person and it's all over the internet. You may, someone may make a verbal comment in terms of bullying, but it may not be remembered. But the internet is written in ink. Mm. Yeah. Now, again, um, there is somebody who has a grudge against somebody else. They might not even know them personally, but yeah. am I right that they might not know them? Okay. But, but they just um, want to exert power over somebody and here is a potential victim that they can – is that, is that how it works? Well, if it's, if it's a grudge, there's obviously been a prior incident. Yes. So – They've obviously that other person has, may have wronged them in some kind of way, or there may, may have been a fight. So it sounds more like retaliation. But might it not be a grudge? Might it, might there okay. be an instance where somebody will go onto the internet and and uh, post these kind of things without even knowing the person, just because it's fun to do it? Uh, there's with bullying. There's there's usually some kind of motive. Always some kind of motive. In in if it's some if it's a specific thing with a one person, they're usually driven by something. Whether it's jealousy, they have something that you don't have. They see mm. you, the person as a threat, mm. um, or they just see you as a weak person and they want to take your your anger out of you. Um, something like that. But they see you as a threat or, or or someone who's weak, and and you're a bully. So let me exert my power over them. There's usually some kind of motive. Mm. Okay, we're talking about bullying. We're talking in the studio with Jeremy Bayer. Uh, give us a call, 011-883-0702 or 021-446-0567. Or you can SMS on 31702 or 31567. Any questions you have with regard to bullying, cyberbullying, or related issues, please give us a call back after this. 702, your number one news and talk station. SMS us on 31702 or 31567. Lots of SMSs coming through for our guest, Jeremy Bayer, psychologist. Let's go back to the lines. Uh, Jim in Brooklyn. Hi, Jim. Good morning to you. Morning, Harold. How are you? I'm always good, thank you, Jim. How are you? That's good, lad. Uh, I did send you a fairly terse SMS because long ones don't properly get through to you, you know. Um, I was uh, very sickly as a child uh, up until about age four or five and onwards. Uh, suffered some very serious illnesses which left me physically um, very vulnerable to any rough treatment. And as a result, my mother kept me away from school, sports and stuff like that. Um, one of the things that happened to me was a very big bloke in our class, or one of the classes in our grade, um, was bullying me all the time. Um, you know, it got to a stage where, as I say, I didn't realise it, but this had quite an effect on making me truant for three weeks. Um, I, I I helped a milkman who was paid a shilling a day for that. Um, eventually, my mother found out through the school inspector, and uh, I got a bit of a hiding for it. But there you are. It's one of the things that happens. Mm, mm, um, yeah. The other thing was the, the funny thing about it, which I liked, was um, when I eventually left school, and uh, I did pretty well at high school, but I left at age 14, um, I worked at a local armaments factory, and uh, it turned out that this bully was working in the same section of the factory that I was. But he was very respectful towards me. I think because I was um, respected intellectually by the adults in that particular department, and uh, he felt he couldn't do anything to me while I was there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that did... Uh, 
restore a lot of confidence in me. And from that mm. moment on, I was okay. But I suffered very badly from asthma mm. and various other things, you know. Mm. Do you uh, look part- back on those things, Jim, on those times with some uh, kind of anger or frustration or sadness? No, not at all. That's a long way behind me. I'm 87 now. Gosh, um, okay. <laughs> I've, got, I've got many experiences uh, since then to look yes. back on, mm-hmm. and uh, some very, very good ones, as well as some quite painful ones, as we all do. We go through mm-hmm. life. We, mm-hmm. yeah. we, we have to suffer everything, man. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have, um, I have thought about the issue of uh, what caused me to truant a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and I came up with that business of the um, the bully there, mm. and uh, that's all. Really, one of the teachers. I mean, teachers are just as guilty. We mm. had a, we had a maths teacher by the name of Mr. Milne, mm. and he would wander up and down the aisles, rapping at your knuckles if you didn't appear to be paying attention or writing properly or writing an mm. answer. Yeah. And strangely enough, when I first went onto the internet, I'm talking way back now in the in the eighties, nineteen eighties. I was in touch with a chap in, a, in America who went to the same school and re- remembered the same teacher with the same malice in his thoughts. Gosh, yeah. well, thanks, Jim. That's great. Thanks Thank for you, those Jim. recollections and for the call. Yeah, teachers, um, mm, yeah. from what Jim says, very much so as well. I, I, we've all had teachers like that. I had a teacher who used to throw, the, you know, the duster used to have a yeah. wooden, wooden duster. Yeah. Uh, if you weren't listening or paying attention or you were talking, he would take this duster and he would throw it across the class and more than once people got hit on the head and drew blood Goodness. on the head. Uh, you know, insane. Now that would be seen, gosh, the guy would get arrested for it. Absolutely know? right. Well, and so they should. And so they should. So they should. It's, and again, that, that influence your learning. Imagine you're sitting there and you're trying to concentrate and focus, but oh, if, if I'll make one mistake, what will happen to me? So you go into school more worried about fear of failure as opposed to how can I help this child flourish and get the best out of him? Mm. So again, that common theme of the punitive, be it a parent or teacher, mm. um, is to, sure you've got to have discipline 100%. But a combination of, of discipline and motivation and encouragement as well, but not where right. you're sitting in fear in the class. Not not recommended. Uh, some S- interesting SMS is coming in. This is from Anonymous who says, if you are being bullied, yeah. talking to a counsellor does not help. Okay. What does help is finding ways to make a bully pay or becoming a bully yourself. Uh, uh, no, no, no. Because now, you, now they've won. So now you're playing their game. That's what they want. You, the aim is to rise above it, mm. okay? Because now, a, you're giving up your dignity, and it's you. It's you know, it's almost a case of violence begets violence. Mm. So you're reacting to violence with violence, um, and becoming like the bully. N- not recommended. The, the aim is to understand the language of the bully, understand why, they do, and then and then and then a speak to people who might be affecting you, and b empower yourself with a with a, a friendship group, and 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 go about it that way. But when you when you get sucked into their game, that's what they want because then you're retaliating and then you lose. Um, and then, yeah. And, and, and you have, you'll have this continuing conflict without any resolution because exactly. you're not looking at the underlying And conflict. that fosters the culture of violence um, and, and, yeah. and power and it just becomes a, a, a power battle. Yeah. So, sure, you can, you can pull the offender aside and say, why are you doing this? But if then you then become the bully, um, it's... Two wrongs don't make a right, in other words. So now yeah. th- that I disagree with the caller yeah. there. Okay. Um, then some other SMSs. Children who bully others imitate mm. their parents, with who are their co-workers mm. at work. It rubs off. Uh, that's from mm. Harry in Midlands. Yes, uh, we, yeah. and we've said that. Let's, in fact, move on to uh, – we're talking about school children. We're talking about uh, sure. primary school and high school. Let's go into the workplace. Yes. Um, mm. Now, you said in the beginning of the show that there's a lot of bullying in the workplace as yeah. well. How does that manifest? Is it a similar thing but on a bigger scale or more subtle maybe? Uh, more subtle, generally, obviously less physical contact. Where in primary schools and high schools, there'd be more physical. Mm. Where in the workplace, it's more verbal and perhaps psychological. So psychologically, it would be sort of alienating a staff member. So other other sort of staff members, like I say, are marginalizing that staff member. Uh, a boss always yelling at the employee, um, lack of promotion, uh, often sort of emotional blackmail. If you don't this, you will get suspended. Or if you don't this, this bad thing will happen to you. That, so more on a psychological scale. Mm. Um, 
always criticizing and, and no praise for accomplishments uh, and 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 yeah and and not working together as a team very autocratic yes. so a lot of yelling a lot of public humiliation a lot of public intimidation um, yes. resulting in tears often 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 the case and this often re- results in resignation suspension absenteeism um, anxiety concentration problems so actually the symptoms in, in terms are of the child to, are, are, are mm. very similar mm. the difference is that perhaps adults will, will say these things more it's the, mm. probably the only difference I remember many, many years ago um, studying uh, Maslow and the hierarchy of needs and all yeah, those kind of yeah, things. Yeah. And, and um, one of the, the things that we, we, were le- we learned was that one of, the, the, mo- one of the, the single highest motivator, according to Hertzberg, who had all these theories, mm. was recognition. Yes. And is that, is that still right? I mean, would you go with it? Recognition at any age, at mm. any level, mm. you've done a great job. Thank you. Whether it be a child doing a homework right through to your secretary or somebody who is a sales guy, you've done a great job. Well done. Well, if you recognize someone, then they're understanding their value and their worth in the team, and that then fuels motivation and their their morale increases. So the knock-on effects are far-reaching. Some... (laughs) Some people may not always need to reckon they can do it themselves, but, but recognition is a great thing because it just validates their worth. Uh, this is all the work I've done, and you've recognized that. You've recognized my place in this team, and, you, and, you, and you're saying to me, I belong here. There's one thing being in a team. There's another, there's another thing feeling a sense of belonging in any sphere, whether it's sport, a company, or otherwise. So the moment you feel recognized, you feel, okay, I'm now part of this team. I'm making a genuine contribution, and that boosts self-esteem. And that makes me okay. <laughs> well, it's a good, it's a big help. Put it that way. It's a big Let's help. Let's go yeah. back to the lines. Uh, Peter in Milnerton. Hi, Peter. Hey, top of the morning to you, sir. Good to hear your voice. And you, thank you, sir. I, I think uh, that uh, I was, yeah. Boys, girl guides, well, uh, clubs, scouts, boy, uh, boy scouts, and girl guides. Well, so a lot of all the problems. I went there to our local place, and it's closed. Actually, it's it's, it's sad. It's, uh, uh, the other obvious one, if you have a huge threat to this country, like England did years ago, the army and conscription, we should bring it back now. We should be guarding our borders with people who, well, they guarded the nuclear power station at the time when that was under threat. Remember there was an explosion there, the ANC was supposed to have done it. Well, I was involved in that, actually. Mm, okay, Peter. All right. Uh, did you want to ask a question, Peter? Yes, why don't we bring the, uh, the little lads in the clubs with the Arcana <laughs> okay. and uh, the Boy Scouts. In fact, I'd like to bring back uh, Sea Scouts all over South Africa because we are a sea nation. We used to dive crayfish up the, up the west coast, all the youngsters used to do it. The uh, terms of reference were white belts and wetsuits. Right. Well, and thank you. On the boot sale, they were cash. Wonderful. Thank you, Peter and Milton. Let's ask that question then um, in terms of, of being a member of a group like Boy Scouts or Girl Guides. Uh, uh-huh. they're, not, they're not as big as they used to be, I don't think, but maybe I'm wrong. But you, that's what you're talking about, being part yeah. of a team. Yeah. And there, clearly, you're working together towards a common objective, and it gives you that wonderful sense of belonging and achieving some objectives. Yeah, uh, obviously, the, the objective must be a, a good one, not inherently evil, of course. Mm. But the fact that you're part of a team and feel belonging empowers you as well. I'm part of something. There'll be people who will fight for me. So I feel part of this team. I'm not marginalized every day. I'm not lonely every day. And that's empowering to be, to be part of a team. It's, uh, you learn about communication. You learn about teamwork. Mm. You learn about coping with adversity and, and, and getting through a tough time together. So there are a lot of uh, life skills as well. Mm. So strongly recommend to, to kids who perhaps being, to being, to being, if you're a parent who has a child who's being bullied, don't just focus on the negative. Look at what their talents are and say, okay, if they have a talent in, in drama, oh, let's channel it there. And now they've found themselves a group. So like a drama group, for example, or if they have a talent for writing, a writing group or something like that or a, or a sports thing, something that they can feel a part of. Because like we said earlier, that, that peer interaction is so important that they feel part of something and that's empowering. Just on that point, uh, related to that, you talk about 
children belonging to a group of mm. uh, actors or you know music or whatever mm. if a child expresses some interest in in, in a particular uh, field um, what is the consequence of a parent saying uh, no i'm not going to let you do that because uh, yeah. in brackets i can't be bothered it's too much trouble i haven't got the time to take you there in the car every afternoon um, the child what is the perception of the child of that the perception of the child could be that the parents don't have, don't believe in my abilities and don't believe, don't want to follow what I want. This is what I want. I believe in this. This is what I want to become and I love it, but they don't believe in it. Therefore can have an impact on self-worth because this is my dream. For example, you could have a story where a parent has a child and the, say it's a boy who wants to do something that, that the parent doesn't like, whether it's do, doing ballet or something like that. So now the parent feels uncomfortable about that, but this is what the child really wants. So now the child goes every day thinking, my parents don't back my, what I want. They don't believe in me. They, I don't know what else I'm going to now do at, do at school because there's nothing else I enjoy. Therefore, where is my place in this world? Where do I belong? What then must I do? This is what I want to do. So the repercussions are perhaps um, a tense relationship between the child and the parent because they may, and potential rebellion. I'm not being allowed to do what I want. I'm not hurting anyone. I'm not hurting myself. Mm. Why can't I follow this dream? Those, those are some of the repercussions. Just, you know, just listening to you, I mean, the, uh, it often gets into my head about how parents so often yeah. just don't understand the yeah. consequences of what they do, their behavior, mm. what they say to the children, how they talk to their children, yeah. um, and, and, and the support that they sometimes don't give to their children. You know, mm. I've always said that the, one of the most important jobs in the world is being a parent. Yeah. It's the only job for which there's no training. That's right, absolutely. No, look... And it's it's a difficult thing, hundred percent. It's not it's it's not an easy thing. So what I advise is to strongly listen to your children, or or or, or pay pay close attention to the to, to the physical illnesses, or when they're not going to school a lot, or some of those symptoms from from bullying, like I was talking mm. about. Pay close attention to those mm. things because you, you might miss it, and and if it lingers, it might become even worse. So whilst it's definitely not easy being a parent, I'm sure. To be very attentive to the child's needs and, and focus on their qualities and what they're good yeah, at. It, it, I mean, parenting really, I'm, I'm one and I've had three sons and, and uh, parenting is very, very difficult. And you okay. do it by the seat of your pants, okay. you know, and you make mistakes. I'm sure. And yeah. then later on in life, you say when they're grown up, you say, sorry about that, you know. But <laughs> that's, no, look, that's how it comes. I'm sure a very difficult child. Look, it's, I'm, I'm um, sure. SMS from somebody from, uh, who's the Shine in Florida? I think the Spud movie wonderfully portrayed bullying at school in how the John Milton character uh, struggled with self-esteem in trying to conform to behavior of the bullies. Yes. Did yeah. you, have you seen Spud? I have seen Spud, yeah. It's just the first one I saw. I didn't yes. quite see I've the only, sequel, but I saw the first, the first one, one yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so that, that's uh, pretty much of a good example of, of how things work. Uh, yeah. All right. So in the workplace, um, just going back yeah. to that about yes. bullying, Mm. What happens now, somebody who is in a situation where they are in the workplace, their mm. their boss, their co-worker, their mm. colleague uh, is always putting them down and never mm. giving any kind of reward or praise or promotion mm. or any of those things. And they're desperately unhappy, mm. but they know that, that that it's very tough to get a job out there. Mm. But every day they dread going to work and they mm. love the weekends because they don't have to have all this stuff dumped on them. Yeah. What is, what is the suggestion? What is the action for them? What do they do? Especially if they're not the kind of people who want to stand up and say, don't talk to me like that. It's a tough one because I can I can tell you that in these days there are people who even re- who who quitting their jobs because they're so unhappy. Even in times where it's tough to find a job, but I wouldn't advise doing that. I'm just saying that does happen. What would my advice be? My advice would be the fact that to to not forget that you have rights. That's number one. So you still have a right to go to your boss and say these are my grievances. You can write those down, um, and still and still speak to your boss about it. You you do have that right. Um, to, if it's really getting to obviously seek a therapist because this can ultimately take its toll on your, your, your psychological functioning, your social functioning and your overall health. So obviously would recommend that option as well. 
but to remember your rights. Just because he's a boss and you're an employee doesn't mean he has more rights than you. So you still have a right to speak to him and say, look, I'm, I'm feeling unhappy in this area and that area. You can't get fired for that. You can't get suspended for that. And I, I believe in, from what I've done when I've done employee wellness, a lot of employees forget that. There's this immediate thing that he's higher than me, therefore he has more rights than me. No, you're allowed to... You're allowed to um, state your grievances this is part of, of and that's why you have an hr department as well so mm-hmm. that would be my other recommendation to go to hr and say look this is what's happening to me and it's really affecting me mm-hmm. what what are what are my processes to go forward from here don't be the key is to is to not be silent about it report it straight away because the more it lingers the more it affects you psychologically and physically is there a consequence of that in terms of the boss's behavior who would now think to himself or maybe say to you what are you going behind my back for? Why are you telling tales on me? Now you're in trouble. No, not to HR though. Not no, 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 HR wouldn't say that, no. but, but your immediate line manager might say that because uh, okay. he knows that you've gone to another department, you've gone to HR and said, this is what he's doing. And now I'm the manager and, and I'm really upset about that. Now I'm going to take it out on you for telling tales about me. Okay, well, it would be done professionally. So you you could go to the boss first, fair enough. So go to your person who you have the grievance with first. But and try, not, and, and try and have a discussion. And try and have an informal discussion first. If not, mm. then you can go to HR. If you do go to HR first, it's, it's not really seen as tales because it, it would be done professionally and they would just advise you on the process. So write, write your grievances, write how you want to cope with the situation. Um, so if they want to see it that way, that's their prerogative, but you're still going about it in the correct way. You're not mm. spreading gossip around the office. That's what HR is for. Mm. Okay, SMS, uh, Errol, good morning. Please advise if this discussion will be podcast from Anne. In, yes, Anne, it will be podcast. You'll be able to pick it up next week. Mm-hmm. Um, then, hi, Errol and the doctor. Um, another way of... Um, bullying in the workplace is to work in groups, yeah. spreading lies about an individual and withholding essential support from yeah. in in, in Germiston. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay. That's common. Common. All right. We, we, we're running out of time. We've only got about five minutes left. Um, but let me just uh, have a look at, let's just touch on this, this question of, of um of gender-based violence. Yeah. We, we're going to get you back because okay. there's, there's a lot of ground to cover and we've, only just, we've only just scratched the surface of it. Yeah, yeah. So um, gender-based violence, mm. um, you work mm. a lot in the, in the, in the workplace. Uh, I don't know whether you, you find that in the, in the workplace. Does it start there? How mm. does it, where does it start? Because it's a, it's a scourge in our country, isn't it? <laughs> I, ca- I cannot emphasize enough that, and, and this is a big statement, but to me, gender-based violence in this country is an epidemic, not just a problem, an epidemic. Um, for instance, in the workplace, you'll get sexual harassment, which is, so I've done a lot of talks on sexual harassment and the, and the impact thereof. Sexual harassment is, to define it, is unwanted conduct of a sexual nature. So often what happens, it's the sexually charged behavior goes on on an ongoing basis. The victim tells the perpetrator that it's wrong, but the, the, the perpetrator continues, and the perpetrator knows it's wrong, but they carry on anyway. So this is a, a, a massive problem in this country. Um, this incident at Rhodes University, uh, where these girls were standing up for themselves and yeah. about the rape culture, mm-hmm. one thing I can say to you, Errol, this is the, that this is not a new phenomenon. Um, it's just that this is the first time these girls are standing up for themselves. I experienced a lot of this when I did, did student counselling about eight years ago. So this is not a new thing. Um, so what I'm trying to emphasize is that, that mental health and human rights are closely related. So this is not just about the psychological impact, but this is about standing up for what you believe in. So happens in the workplace a lot. It happens at, at home. It happens at schools. Um, and, I, and I know we're short of time, but this is something we, we really have to get to the bottom of. Just, I've got to pick up this SMS. It says, this is from Anne. It says, my son was being bullied. I sent him for karate lessons. Today he has a PhD. I don't know whether those two are related. Uh, but what she's saying okay. is, yeah. if you're being bullied, just, uh, she helped her son to go and stand up for himself. Okay. Or, or, it, or maybe talk, go in the direction in which he wanted to go and she supported mm. it. He wanted to do karate. She said, that's it. I'm not sure there's a connection with a PhD. Uh, okay, well, um, I'm not sure. let's talk about the karate, for example. Yeah. Um, 
Although it's karate and you're learning a martial art, the aim of karate is not to go look for fights. It's, it's just about defending yourself. So he's empowering himself by A, joining an organization and a group of friends, and B, learning how to defend yourself, which is still a very good thing. But the aim of karate is not to go and hurt people. It's just about defense. But it's yeah. a very, very good idea. Yeah. And again, it's supporting what your child wants to do. Absolutely. I'm not sure she dragged him along kicking and screaming to karate, mm. uh, you know, but, but it, the, point, the point you're making is if your child shows an interest in a particular field, then, mm. then one should do everything you can to, to support that. Absolutely. As long as it's not um, harming them or others. Yeah. Sexual harassment in the, in the marketplace, uh, you were talking about uh, unwanted sexual attention. No. W- what does that encompass? Would it be uh, a pat on the bum? Is that sexual harassment? So two areas. Okay, the first is uns- unsolicited physical, verbal, or nonverbal sexual conduct. So, um, so, so physical would be physical contact, sexual assault, or even rape. Uh, verbal will be sexually charged verbal comments or jokes or asking probing questions about someone's sex life. Non-verbal would be offensive gestures. And then the other one is sexual favoritism based on positive responses to sexual advances. So you're a boss. You make sexual comments to an employee. They respond positively. Thereafter, you give them um, preferential treatment. So that oh, would be one right. example. Okay. Promotions and exactly. more money and all of those. Conversely, things. if someone, if an employee goes against it, you'll then discriminate. Now, uh, would would sexual harassment be anything from a wink to a pat on the bum to any kind of suggestion? Is it any of those? So things? I guess a wink could be. It's a suggest could, it's a bit debatable. Pat on the bum definitely because that's physical contact and it's and the key sentence is of a sexual nature. That's the key phrase. So is. A pat on the bum, obviously, you'd probably say yes. Yeah, you'd probably say if, okay. if they don't but know. It's a fine line, isn't it? I mean, you could touch on the arm. You, when you say yeah. goodbye to somebody, you touch them on the arm and, or give them a hug. I mean, that, it, it, you're, you're, you might not be a sexual furniture for you, but it might be seen as one by the, by you, the, the person who's receiving it. You'd probably say if it's in an area such as a bum, you'd probably say yes. yes. So if you're male and it's a female, you'd probably, arm, oh, maybe you'd get away with that. Yes. Um, so you'd go on discretion in that area, but yeah. What you're saying is be aware and be careful. Definitely. We're out of time. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We'll get you back again quite soon because Thank there are you. a lot of other things to talk about. And we've been talking to Jeremy Bayer. Let me give you Jeremy's um, details. You can get him on jeremybayer at hotmail.co.za. Jeremy Bayer and it's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B. B-A-Y-E-R at hotmail.coza uh, or you can get him on his cell which is 082 216 I'll give you that again 082-216-6006 Thank you Jeremy Thank you for your time Thank you very much Thoroughly enjoyed it And that brings us to 6 o'clock and uh, thanks for being with me this morning uh, I've had a great time with you Thank you so much for joining us My name is Errol Ballantyne Have a brilliant weekend